all have the right to feel safe at all times. And that's powerful in itself. As soon as you've related that message, it's unbelievable. The shift that comes in, it's like, really? Do I have the right to actually be safe? I mean, that's not even a right we should be even having to share in our message. It should be a natural right, but it's not, unfortunately. There is no us and them in dealing with a global issue like human trafficking. It is something that is close to all of us, more than we probably imagine. With this being the case, I've decided to interrogate this notion further in this discussion, while also answering pressing questions around this topic. This is Humans for Sale, a six-part podcast series with Hope Risen Foundation brought to you by Pembani. Now in studio, we're going to cover a number of topics, but once again, it's a privilege and it's a blessing for me not to be alone in raising awareness in human trafficking, ending sexual violence, and finding more about what exactly Hope Risen does. I'm sitting here with Tabitha Lage, CEO and co-founder of Hope Risen Foundation. Carla van Aswegen, head of Fierce Hearts Department. Judith Britz, awareness and prevention survivor exit coordinator. Miranda Ngabinde. Awareness and Prevention Coordinator. Thank you, ladies, for being here. This is a topic that really needs further exploration. And once again, I have to say this out loud to everybody there. I really, truly respect the kind of work that that you do and the fact that your mothers, your wives, your sisters, your aunts, you know, you, you live full lives and you still do this work, which isn't easy. And I, it just proves that evil does exist. That's my uh, quote mm. on the subject. So let's start off with Hope Prison, uh, Tabitha, obviously. So what kind of assistance does Hope Prison provide and what exactly do you do in an overall nutshell? So Hope Prison Foundation has been on the ground working to create a more beautiful and safe place for our children, for our women and our men for the last 10 years. And in a nutshell, we are a foundation that exists to stop human trafficking, exploitation, kidnapping from departments such as prevention and awareness to rescue, working alongside law enforcement and various stakeholders to actually rescue these victims of human trafficking to bringing them into restoration and reintegration. And then further along that, it's overextending and looking at that and going, okay, so where does pornography, prostitution become the link into, into all of this? So when we look at the needs of, of Hope Risen Foundation, you're looking at a, I don't want people to think of it as a complex need, but I want them to think of it as, okay, so what can I do? to make a difference and to help create a more safer, beautiful place. Just throwing it out there in a nutshell, I was on ENCA and there was so much kidnapping happening in Umtata. You know what I mean? The ladies were hitchhiking and you know how the story ends. So it's like yesterday, like today, it's happening. You know, more and more and women are just falling into these traps all the time. Moving on, Sis Miranda, what type of assistance do you do as an awareness and prevention coordinator? What does that mean? Well, what I do is I go to schools and then I teach kids about protecting themselves and also about unsafe touches and unsafe feelings so that they know exactly what to do when a person comes and 
gives them touches in an unsafe place and also who to tell if they come across such a situation. And Judith, what do you do as a, a exit coordinator? Oh, as an exit coordinator, if I may just add on to... Please do. This is a conversation, mm-hmm. ladies. Let's, 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 let's get in there. What Miranda yeah. on the awareness. So um, we have three different um, workshops that we do. Um, the first one is the protective behaviors that Miranda just mentioned. Um, she works with the Little East, like real, like the crash age, which is she so, does so wonderfully. And then we have the sort of middle group age from ages 8, 9 to 12, um, that we do protective behaviours with as well. And then from there up for the high school, the grooming process. So we touch a little bit on what human trafficking is and what it involved and what it is that they have to look out for and then grooming process, how how they get groomed into into being victims of trafficking. And then you talk about the the Umtata, Umtata situation. There we've got the likes of Miranda and her little team that are going out onto the streets and educating and empowering these vulnerable women, um, children and even men on the streets who are hitchhiking, who are trying to look for a job, who have absolutely no education and awareness around what human trafficking is and the vulnerabilities that they are exposed to. And so often what happens is, is that they get taken for these employment opportunities. Absolutely. And, and who knows where they're going? They don't even know where they're going and what's going to happen to them. So it's really education is so important. Carla, I love head of Fierce Hearts Department. Don't be fooled by your size and your demure, I tell you. (laughs) Tell us what what you do. So Fierce Hearts came about in 2015 where we really started to see a spike in the amount of people who are becoming addicted to pornography. Absolutely. And one of the most popular porn sites in the world, I think it's around 33.5 billion visits to one website in just one year. So this starts to like open your eyes to like why are people so addicted to pornography? And then it goes into deeper levels of like the type of pornography that people are watching. Absolutely. Some examples like rape as a genre is a is you can do a basic Google search and come across rape pornography where sites are just dedicated to rape porn. As well as teen being one of the most popular searches. It's basically where Adults, adult women are portrayed as being young teenage girls. So this starts to make you think like, how is pornography conditioning minds into healthy sexualities and the influence that it starts to play in things like the rape culture as well? Um, so these are a lot of trends that we started to identify and then going more into research to see the links between pornography and sex trafficking where a lot of women in the porn industry are actually um, being sex trafficked. Mm. There's also a lot of research showing that most women who are prostitutes had pornography made of them Mm. um, while they were in prostitution. So there's a lot more to the porn industry that we're really not seeing at the Mm. surface level. And Fierce Hearts digs deeper into that. We have several different presentations and workshops that are aimed to educate teens and children on the harmful effects, and that's mostly focused on the brain, how it chemically alters the brain, like hardcore drugs, like cocaine and heroin. And then we have a more deeper um, workshop that really goes into the types of pornography that people are being exposed to. So that's more for adults and parents to really understand what is what we're actually dealing with in, in the sex industry. 
Protecting others. Let's let, let's start there. Let's talk about some stats. I think data is, you know, just that's how we know, you know, the the nitties and gritties of what we're talking about. Um, the most popular human trafficking victims, age, sex. Let's throw it out there, ladies. What are you seeing in your day to day life working at Hope Prison? Um, so I'm I don't, opening it up it to is, the floor. It is. Yeah. It is definitely not um, focused to one age, race, group, or. Um, Male, female. Yeah. Um, it is a, a general thing. We always, as part of our presentation, we always put this uh, picture up. Who do you see as a trafficker? Yeah. And it could be anybody, but in the same breath, uh, the victim could be anybody as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, you do have your more vulnerable areas, which is maybe um, less, you know, poverty and rural areas. But it's definitely not just focused on those areas. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, you know, um, as society, we've also been unfortunately conditioned to have this ideal picture of what a victim of human trafficking actually looks like. And um, if I may say so, it is not just the white young girl, blonde um, girl. Blonde girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we, 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 again, I think I mentioned this previously, we, we, we've stuck with Taken and we haven't moved from there and that's created this ideal virgin victim. We really need to get educated around the fact that that is not our ideal victim. And perpetrators, what are the popular statistics? What do, what do they look like? What do we think that they look like? Everyone and anyone. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah, I think like perpetrators can be anyone from a 15-year-old girl to any old person the, the, sitting the, behind the their computer. Yeah, yeah, it can be nowadays it's really anyone. I think what um, what we need to take in, into account is is that, um, in exactly what Carla was saying now, uh, a fifteen year old girl. Um, it sounds, how can that be? But um, your mm. perpetrator is she is she is caught up in a situation, it's Griselda's situation, where, Absolutely. where she's being yeah. trafficked, and and unfortunately, you know, it's, they all it's, it's um, drug habits, um, substance abuse, because to get them vulnerable people in there, the first thing that a trafficker will do is to get you hooked on a drug. So for her to get her drugs and to 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 sustain her habit, she is told then to go out and find girls to bring in girls. Mm-hmm. So it's not just. Um, yeah. the 30 year old male who's doing recruiting or the, mm-hmm. or the, the 16 year old boys, there's 16 year old girls, there's older women, younger women. Um, it's all related to, you know, where they are in their situation because they're being used, um, and also to, you know, they, they unfortunately put in those situations. Um, so it's um, really not. Not, yeah, absolutely. Anybody. I agree with that. And then, I mean, you look at the cycle of, of one, Syndicate. You, you've got the recruiter, the spotter, the um, the transporter. You're the financier. Come on, we're running a a, a full-on multi-billion business. It's a, it's it's an operation. We're not dealing with you know um, little you know sideline things here, hobbies. Um, this is full-on organised crime. But it's not to say that we can't, as an individual out there in society, not help break that down and, and save lives. We absolutely can. And we keep saying justice is in the hands of the ordinary. Sis Miranda, 
How safe are public spaces? Are schools, children at school, public pools? What do we do? How do we do it? They're not safe at all. Malls, you name it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. No, they're not safe at all because you can be traffic at, at, at any place, anyway, anyhow, because traffickers, you, 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 you cannot spot the trafficker. So the trafficker can be anywhere at any time at any place. So they're not safe at all. So that's why we need to do more awareness on uh, people at schools so that kids, they know exactly what to do when they are, face, uh, when they are facing with such uh, situations. Carla, how do we teach our kids about human trafficking? At what age? Like, what do you say? How do you, or oh, anyone, uh, your, your moms, you know, your aunts, what do we t- 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 tell our little ones in our family? You know, what's the first step do we take? Well, I just also want to add on to what Miranda said. Um, trafficking is not just happening in public spaces. It's also happening in the online environment on the internet. So all these free games and apps and online games and social media are tools that traffickers are now using because we're starting to see trafficking move from the streets into online spaces and children and adults are being targeted through um, different online platforms. So it's also just being careful of who you're communicating and sharing photos and information with. Mm, um, mm, and in terms mm. of educating and equipping kids um, and children, we usually say from <laughs> as the minute they can crawl, you know. Oh, I my think, goodness. Uh, is that where we are? I, yeah. I mean, Sis Miranda, you're doing this in the schools as yes. well, you know. Yeah. What are you saying yeah. to these kids? Like... You know, don't touch, don't, yes. what's, what's your first point of, um, education? Well, the first color, point of and, education, and, okay, well, the first point of education is to teach them that we all have the right to mm-hmm. feel safe at all times. Mm-hmm. So that's where we start with them. And, and then after that. And that's powerful in itself. You know, and you, as soon as you've related that message, it's unbelievable. The shift that comes in, it's like, Really? Do I have the right to actually be safe? I mean, that's not even a right we should be even having to share in our message. It, 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 it should be a natural right, but it's not, unfortunately. Yes, Judith. No, I just wanted to, to add to that as well. Um, the, the protective behaviors that Miranda do is crash level. So they are like <laughs> uh, three-year-olds, four, five-year-olds. Um, and then also just statistic-wise, you know, we have um, kids at the age of 11 being exposed to pornography already. So our job as parents, as educators, is starts way before that because you need to tell them what is a good picture, what is a bad picture, and what to do when you see those pictures. Mm. Um, because it's very important also not to let them feel guilty. And so when they do see these pictures, they don't feel guilty to come and tell you as a parent because, you know, otherwise who are they going to speak to? They just end up not speaking to anybody. And like Carla mentioned, pornography is highly addictive. So then, then the process just starts. And it's very sad, but yeah, 11 years old, they are exposed to, because of social media, they are exposed to pornography from that age. Let's further talk about um, uh, internet yeah, the, and the digital age and where we're going with all of this, as in um, AI and in the future when it comes to where it is or and what are the preventative measures, you know? There's a lot of organizations that are specifically focusing on AI, artificial intelligence, machines that can 
basically identify child pornography. And this is happening mostly coming out of America. So these AIs will go and scan multiple websites as well as the dark web. And it's been trained to identify if a person in a porn video or in a photograph that's pornographic um, looks below the age of 18. Mm. So... This sort of technology, it's still, it's still very new. It's not, um, as advanced yet, but it's really the start to combating child pornography and trafficking online. Sure. Protecting ourselves as the individual. Mm. Tabs, what do I do if I'm finding myself in that situation? Well, I hope that you never do find yourself in that situation, first of all, but I think what is so important to know is that um, you've got more of a chance in saving your own life if you land up in a situation like that, if you've been educated and had some education around what human trafficking is because you've learned and you've been able to spot the red flags. And I'm hoping that you would be able to spot that before you even get to a possible point. But let's let, let's take a... a uh, a case, for example, where perhaps you are online, you meet this person who's got a wonderful profile picture, you've become friends with this person, a bond has formed, trust has formed, suddenly you, you're meeting for coffee and the next thing you know, without your mother knowing, um, this person's bought you a ticket to Cape Town to but then realize uh, actually you've got a one-way ticket to Dubai. And then there are those situations where we've applied for a job uh, we haven't done our research before applying for that job. Um, we haven't been able to connect with, say, Prevention versus Cure, which is a great organization that we work closely with, to actually look into employment situations to see if they're legit. Absolutely. And, and, and we're to, so desperate as South Africans. Ab- I was just going to say to you, and how, so how need is the, the need for employment in our country? And, and it looks so much greener and greater on the other side. I mean, that story I was talking to you about, I'm talking I mean, she was going to work. Hmm. Do you know what? She was hitchhiking. She was a nurse. And I'm tired, Sister Miranda. She was going to work. She, she saw two uh, two guys and a girl, and one thing led to another. another. You know, so uh, it was also part of a a, a trafficking ring. Uh, Judith, you say that you are an exit coordinator. What happens in that process? process? So, um, as an organisation, we obviously have tip offs where people. You know, do you see yeah. um, when we do have girls reaching out as well? But um, if we do go out on a rescue, we, first of all, first tier will be um, law enforcement. Of we will be on site. Um, if there is uh, victims that come out, we will take the victims with us. Um, like I said, they all um, have to go through a first phase of um, detox or rehab because they are, are all unfortunately hooked, hooked on, on, on some kind of drug. Um, so they all stay in that process for however, however long that takes to get them through detox before they can go into the next stage of recovery. Um, mm. What that recovery looks like is depends on person to person because um, the trauma, the, everything that they have to deal with is quite a lengthy process. Um, in our recovery um, program, we will have 
the group therapies, the one-on-one therapies with, with trauma specialists that we work with. We have the creative part of it where they Which do is what? cooking, dancing, Zumba Lovely. classes. Wonderful. Um, oh, I saw uh, the dance-a-thon. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the dance-a-thon. Dancing yeah. for freedom. Dancing for yeah. freedom. I saw you rushed from that gig to go there. <laughs> yes. Remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. just um, do arty things. We get different um, people in to come to do different things to Love them. It's that. just um, that relaxing environment where a lot of things actually come out in that relaxing environment then there's also the spiritual side of it um, where we do bible studies with them when they um, like i said that process must take can take different lengths of time for different people Um, when they're ready to get to the reintegration process Mm. we also have what is their dreams what is their what is is that they want from life like what do they want to be and we will put them on courses they get a they get a um uh, somebody that will work with them, putting up a CV, um, you know, a, 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 what do you call them? A, a, like a mentor. A mentor, sorry, yeah. the word mentor. And, um, yeah, and then they will go out and have that mentor, but it's like, mm. you know, they have to check in. They, we, mm. we, we stay with them. We never let them go. You know, mm. it's a checking process and, and it's very difficult. You must remember their, their trauma is so deep and so embedded that, um, their, their triggers, their, mm. Is, is every things that's everyday things for us that we cope with, they can't necessarily do Those that. Sends them back into that. Yeah. So it is a long process, and they need a lot of support in and, in in that restoration process. And then Carla, how do we stay safe online? Don't go online. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. How do you stay safe uh, yeah. So in terms of um, the pornography side, there are a lot of. Um, Online security platforms that you can plug into your browsers, such as Fortify, NetNanny, Covenant Eyes. And these basically protect um, devices that are trying to access pornography. It will block those sort of websites. This is very useful for um, children specifically as well um, as people who are trying to recover from their addictions. Fortify is a online addiction program that you can go through to overcome that addiction. But it's also just being careful about who you're speaking to. Don't share selfies that are showing any part of your private parts and your face at the same time. Like don't send naked photos or videos, Mm. especially if you kids, because that's contributing to child pornography. If you're 18, I mean, below 18 and you send a nude photo of yourself, that is, by definition, child pornography. So th- that's one of the things that we often teach the students that we go into um, with the schools. So it's just very important to make sure that parents are, are aware of who they're speaking to, who their kids are speaking to online, uh, and just monitoring that. There is hope. And every day there are examples of hope and love conquering in all circumstances. Nobody should be allowed to be labeled with a price tag. Everybody has a right to freedom. This is Humans for Sale, a six-part podcast series with Hope Risen Foundation brought to you by Pemban.